it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwu Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.9 of the pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In today's episode, you'll hear about how the pursuit of three transcends the entire IW Hoops program, hearing specifically about an IM third training ground amongst the managerial staff. In the first half, You'll hear from current women's basketball coach Ethan Whaley and current sports information director Stephen Gidley, both former managers in the program, about their time in the IM Third culture, as well as the history of the managerial staff. In the second half, some of the current managers will come on to share about their experience and growth over time. We're joined now by Stephen Gidley and Ethan Whaley. And Ethan, I want to start at the end of Stephen's senior year because... Uh, I remember we win the conference championship, we go in the locker room, and we've got All-American Jordan Widener, we've got Indiana State transfer, RJ Mahurin, we're celebrating, Coach Tom gives a speech and he calls on one person. What happened in that moment? Well, you know, those of us that were in that locker room, those of us that know uh, the Stephen Dale Gidley know that when this man does something, he does it 100% and he's all in on it. And uh, to go even further, when you're playing Taylor University – that that like that's as high as the stakes can possibly be and so Steve Dale Gidley had the floor and he gave a very inspired speech way more than even coach Tonigal's inspired speech after a big win uh and it, it was capped with I mean it was a couple of minutes but it was capped with we're not done we're not, we're done. not done we're not done and you know it became it turned into a mosh pit uh and it, it like there's I'm not sure there will ever be a better way to close a regular season championship than that moment right and, there. And that became a rallying cry for our team. We won our first national championship, and after every game, guys are yelling, we're not done yet. <laughs> so I want to I get to this moment. Like, why is Coach Tonigal calling on our senior manager in that moment and not on one of the players who just led us to the victory on the court? Well, I, I think, you know, in this culture, one thing that's that's always been true even before I got there was – the, the managers are not looked on differently than the players. And so I, I think Steven um, lived with a bunch of the players, and, and he was viewed that way. He was respected that way. He was, he was dependent on and had responsibility um, from the coaches that, you know, with, with the same uh, power that the players have. And so I, it, was, it wasn't even a question, the respect uh, an appreciation that our coaches and our players had for Steven. And Steven, one of the things I remember so clearly about why I loved you as a manager, you got so much stuff done, but the biggest reason was that we trusted you. You cared about how our team did, about our growth, and if we won or not, as much as anyone in the locker room. What led you to have such an investment in the team and growth and success when you're a manager? Well, I think it just came back to how much they cared about me and, and how much they poured into me, and it was, a, it was like a family. And I may, you know, I may not cook the meal, let's per se, uh, that everyone gets to see, but I went to the grocery store and, and got the ingredients. And so you guys made me really feel like I was a part of the, the whole family, the whole meal. Uh, and, and I was just invested because those guys cared about me and I cared about them and wanted to see them succeed just as much because uh, then I felt like I was succeeding. It really speaks to the I Am Third culture because 
It really, as, as a coach, I know for me, when I think of our alums, I don't think this guy was a manager, this guy's a player. This guy was a part of our family, and now he's back, and he's one of us. Uh, and, I, and I think that speaks to the aim of what we're trying to do on our program. But that being said, there was some stuff that you had to do to help us win that you probably didn't enjoy doing, both of you guys. So go back to that first moment. I know, Ethan, for you, you're coming as a transfer from Ball State. Um, your life's probably not – it's just amazing how you've grown since that point. Steven, you're coming in. You've got the suit. You've got the tie. You're going to take over and change the program and, and uh, take us to new levels in your interview. Um Take, go back to that moment and then maybe some of the early challenging stuff you had to face because you weren't in the role that was in the spotlight. Well, I think for me it was, you know, Greg didn't listen to me because I'm just, you know, <laughs> like for me that was pretty frustrating because uh, I thought I knew what was best. I think when you come from a selfish culture like I was raised in and then you go into whatever, you just think you know what's best. And so, you know, when I lied to get an interview applying for an assistant coach's <laughs> job and I show up in a three-piece, you know, suit uh, with a with a dimple that Whaley still makes fun of me to this day about. Uh, I think for me it was just this selfish nature, and that had to be really torn down. And it took me, and it still takes me a lot longer to learn really simple things because uh, of selfishness uh, in in how I have to really fight self every single day. Uh, in order to see the bigger picture of what God's trying to do. But at the same time, you come in that first day and you've got big dreams and you've got big vision. And maybe it's selfish in nature. But over time in the program, that gift you have, that's still who you are. It's just wired for God and wired for others more. It's been redirected because of this pursuit of I am third over time. So going to you, Ethan, it's the same thing. You come in and there's some hard spots early, but then over time, you become the type of person that can be trusted with a lot more in leadership. Yeah, you know, I, I came in um, as a back, in, you know, in high school when I played as a player, as a point guard, and I, I was I felt like I was pretty discerning. I could tell when coaches were upset, uh, I wanted to make sure that they were no longer upset. And so when I came in, um, that was that was really kind of my goal is, OK, like what is the, the mood and the temperature of the coaching staff and what can I do to lighten that temperature? <laughs> Um, and again, that's not to say that it was ever volatile or anything like that, but that was my heart. And, and early on, you know, it was less about, man, I hate this job. I think it was more about, or, or that I'm doing crappy jobs. It was more about, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I, I think I can do more than what I'm currently doing and doing laundry or whatever to pick up the slack and enable our staff, which was you and Greg and the legendary Fred Hodson at the time, um, to be freed up to do more investment uh, in the players, and, and I believe, you know, as I grew in that role, um, so too did the program as as our the the brains of the operations and the people with the amazing gifts, which were the coaches. You guys were freed up to really attack and invest into our players. One of the fun things as you go throughout a, a season and a career is to see potential in guys discovered. And with you guys, that's that was so clear from an early stage. But at the same time, you're put in a position where you have to serve. Um, Go back through and, and Gidley, what was the biggest source of growth for you in the program that you had to go through in order to become the type of leader that you are now and I, that you'll continue to be over time? I think I just had to learn humility. Uh, I never really had to, to learn that as a kid. I just took care of everything on my own and had to really humble myself and, and learn to serve others because I just grew up serving myself, doing my own laundry, making my own dinner and worrying about me, 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 me. 
Uh, and so it was really, I, I didn't, I had to die to myself and really learn to serve those around me. Uh, and as I learned that, it just became more fun. Like I was thinking on the way over here of, of a story, and I don't know if you remember this, Ethan, but I think it was like the first year we had to play Mount Vernon. We're driving over there, and James Kepler, because a road was closed, decided to go down this alley. Remember, <laughs> we had to move that boulder. And we're just covered in like all my arms were all black. And I remember you taking a water bottle and just pouring them over my arms into a trash can because I'm just covered and we're about to go play uh, this game at that Mount Vernon. Uh, and so those are like, that was fun, you know? And like two years before that, I've been like, we're not doing this. Figure it out, bus driver. I remember an early in your career when we're on a road trip and uh, Ethan was frustrated with you because he had come to you. Um, and asked you to do something with him in the morning. And you said, I can't come because i got to serve the guy. <laughs> and then like 11.30 we came back and you're still sleeping. Your alarm has That was in Arizona. That was in Arizona. <laughs> but, but again, to see these things grow. And, and, and that kind of moves to this other piece of this that is, is amazing. Um, every year we're seeing weddings. And managers are in the, the weddings party of the players. Same with the players of the manager. And it's really not this difference in terms of status in the program, right? These, You're part of the program. You're part of the family. And there's a lot of fun that we have along the way. There's stuff we don't want to do, uh, players, coaches, managers. There's stuff we love to do. But we're all in a relationship, and we're having fun moving along and growing together. Um, think back to the relationships and what meaning they had for you when you were in college here. Well, I mean, they, they, they still happen to this day. I mean, I look at Jordan Widener, who was a roommate – uh, Garvin Hoy, who was a roommate, you know, Devin Grace served in Jordan's wedding. I, I talk to Jordan, who's now an assistant in Grace, weekly. And I tell him all the time, I hope he finishes second in our league. I hope he beats everyone but us. Just because I really care about what he's trying to do still to this day. Uh, whether it's, you know, helping him make a graphic to get a transfer or whatever the case may be, you know. I want to see Jordan succeed at the highest level. And that goes to, to Devin and RJ, who are working for the same company, serving underprivileged youth. You know, it's a manager and a player working together to this day. Uh, and those are just the relationships uh, that that were molded in doing their laundry, in going to, to lunch with them, in playing video games and FIFA with them, or traveling to Daytona with three players our senior year during Easter break because we didn't get a spring break because we were playing the national championship. I mean, that's a trip that, that I will always remember to this day, and it was with three players and a manager. Well, I, honestly, what, what I think about is, you know, having coached on staff, I think it was seven years. And now on the women's side, I hear the same thing. You know, when you get transfers every year, it's almost the same thing every time. Look, I've lost my joy for the basketball. And really what I'm looking for right now are two main things. I want to go where I can be a part of a family or I can grow spiritually. And honestly, that's exactly what my experience was. Like, I didn't have a ton of friends outside the basketball program. I'm not sure I had any. I didn't want any. They were my best friends because they were the ones that loved me the best, challenged me the most, and I grew because of them. You know, I, my guys were my roommates were Will Huberts, uh, C. Bass, uh, Brendan Miller was somebody I lived with. I even think about Clint Cochran, Zach Coverstone, Spencer Harris, uh, uh, Ryan Hetrick, Josh Williams, who who uh, he prayed at our athletic department meeting the other day, and it was. Brilliant prayer, but couldn't help but just laugh because of the, the <laughs> memories that I just yeah. remembered from Josh, you know. And uh, to be honest, if Josh was listening, like, is there a better person in the spotlight ever in any speaking <laughs> moment than Josh Williams? I don't think so. So 
I look back fondly just because of the people and the men and the women that, that I was able to uh, interact with in my time. And and even looking through the list, we were gathering a list of the, the people who have gone and, and been on the operations staff in our program. And it's almost overwhelming to think about the quality of people, the depth of relationship that I know I have with all of them. So you guys represent that. But the list is so long and people have added such value. So maybe now... Think of a guy that comes to mind and maybe something about them that you really learned from working alongside them who was also a manager with you. Man, well, the first that kind of popped to mind for me was just Shea Toombs. I mean, just a guy that that had just a a smile on his face uh, and just was willing to just do whatever. And, you know, you mentioned Brendan. Like, I didn't even remember him until you said it. But, like, he was like just did everything, but he's the the quietest guy. He just just blended in and they just – when you go through a list and you think of all of them, you just think of that they're just willing to serve. And they're all – I mean, I'm probably like the most quirky out of everyone. But <laughs> every manager had different nuances that you guys remember or things that they did really, really well. Uh, I didn't do very much really well, and so all my stories are screaming in a locker room after <laughs> the head coach is talking, which is hilarious that it's making the podcast. But – I just think of all the cool things that they were willing to do during their time. And they all filled unique roles during that time. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you mentioned some of those guys and, and uh, I, I mean, even a guy I worked with when I was on staff was motor Matt, Matthew Martin. I mean, like him and him and Brendan Miller are probably two guys that I think about and I envy and wish I was more like them. Like, not sure though anybody did their jobs at a higher level and more efficiently, more productively than they did. But somehow they were like, I don't want to say invisible as if we didn't appreciate them, but like we didn't appreciate them as much as we should have because of how much they did and the humility with which they did it. Um, so I, I, I fondly look back on those guys, but man, it was, it was a fun time being around Steve Dale. Shea Butter was big time. Um, we got Shake and Bake, Jordan Baker, even Bebo and Adam – Adam Conrad, um, so many guys come to mind that that uh, I was privileged to learn from and work with. And, and you guys are talking about just a few examples of dozens who we could talk about. And, uh, you know, for me as a coach, one of the things I love is just how invested guys are. Jacob St- Quick still mm-hmm. does stuff for our program. Um, during games, when you look in the crowd, when guys come back and you see how much they want us to win, we love getting texts and hearing, you know, strategy you know, who we should be recruiting um, from the different areas there are. And we just love that it's a family where these guys continue to invest and be bought in and in the growth toward the Iron Third Life. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. 
I'm joined now by some absolute legends. Uh, as coach, you know, you're not supposed to have favorites, uh, but the reality is we do. And the guys right now, you guys are some of my favorite guys. In the first half, listeners were able to hear about the foundation and how the managerial program has evolved over the years. And obviously, fans get to see our guys. They, they see them on the roster. They see them out there playing. But our fans and the people that follow the program don't get to see the brains behind the organization or just the guys that make it go. So can each one of you, starting with Colin, just give a little brief introduction of who you are for the, for the listeners? Yeah, so uh, my name is Colin Barker. Um, I'm from Bluffton, Indiana. Uh, I just graduated uh, in April with a degree in finance and management. Uh, I'm Ryan Geiger. I'm from New Paris, Indiana. I was a senior this past season, a four-year manager, and I just graduated in, with a double major in finance and business administration. Yeah, I'm Connor Benfaro. I'm a sophomore nursing major from Holland, Michigan. And the thing about you guys is you're not just uh, you're not just students. You're not just managers. I mean, you guys got after it in the classroom, but you also carried a, a big load for the program uh, over the years. And Colin and Ryan, you were both four-year guys, and in your time, you had major impacts on the program. Colin, you served as a coordinator of basketball operations. Ryan, you as the head manager. And Colin, I'm going to start with you. You had different opportunities as you were coming out of high school um, as to where you were going to go to school and how you were going to get plugged in with a basketball program. But ultimately, what, what led you to IWU? Um, so yeah, like you said, I had a good amount of different options, um, just with my dad's relationship with, uh, some other coaches, um, and Indiana, Indiana Wesleyan was one of those. Um, and I grew up coming to camps at IWU, uh, for basketball and, um, just different like youth Christian camps. Um, but in the end, my dad actually coached with coach Clark, um, in Lithuania on a mission trip, um. So I was familiar with the coaching staff a little bit and with the campus. Um, and just after visiting uh, IWU, just seeing the the people that attended the school and being a part of the atmosphere, um, I think that's ultimately why I chose IWU. Uh, it was also just one of those things. Um, I thought I had control over choosing choosing the college I wanted to go to, but ultimately it, it just seemed like um, the Lord was putting me where I needed to be. And you were willing to, to follow his prompting and, and submit to that, even though, you know, maybe the lure of a place like Indiana University or some of these other schools that, that might have been calling or you had the opportunities there, uh, obviously you were just willing to, to dive in and, and be a part of the program here and obviously made a big impact over your four years. And Ryan, for you, your family's been involved with IWU Athletics uh, for a long, long time. Uh, and you're mm-hmm. someone that came in and, and wanted to be a part of of the IW program. How'd you get here, and, and what was kind of your your ride uh, before you showed up on campus? Yeah, uh, my family overall has been involved with athletics for as long as I can remember. Me personally, uh, I've been a manager for a basketball team since middle school. Just something I wanted to get involved with. Uh, IWU specifically, my family's been involved with their athletics for seven years. Before I got there, my sister was a volleyball manager, and so we overlapped her senior year and my freshman year. We were both there working in the same athletic department, which was a lot of fun. Um, I've always loved sports, and I wanted to be involved with something bigger, so I got into managing basketball, and she was actually sort of my in for it at IWU. Um, I've been, I was trying to get a hold of some people there, and it just wasn't really working out, and then my sister 
reach out to Coach Whaley from the women's side. He was with the men's team at this time, and he was able to get a conversation set up, and I was able to get involved and offered a position. And the rest is history. You've obviously were around for four years and made a big mm-hmm. impact. And it's kind of hard to believe your family won't technically have someone enrolled or at IWU next year. But my hunch is that's not going to stop uh, at least your mom and dad from being around and, and watching, whether it be volleyball or basketball mm-hmm. or a number of different athletic programs. Yeah, definitely. They've already said multiple times that they're going to be at numerous athletic events this coming year. And one thing that I'm I'm grateful for that is they know I love rise and roll donuts and you guys have those up there and so they're bringing down what they call or what we call Amish crack here and there and um, I know my daughter is just a fan favorite of, of your mom and sister they they always treat her well at games but Connor I'm gonna shift to you real quick uh, you're a nursing major and we actually got to know you a little bit through just your your uh, high school program um, you were on campus and we started to get to know you there and then all of a sudden. Here you come, and uh, you got the chance to be a part. You're now going to be a junior. What kind of led you to wanting to be a part of the program um, as you shifted from from high school to college? Yeah, so in high school, um, I transitioned to a different basketball team my senior year. Um, I played homeschool basketball all high school, and it was um, one of my teammates, actually, that kind of led me to find out about the IW program. And uh, he was actually getting recruited to play I I Wu uh, when I was a senior and so I think you guys invited us to come on a team visit and that's how kind of I um, just learned a little bit about the program and I was I was just intrigued by all that I had to offer and the spiritual growth that just seemed to be a huge component about um, the team and I think maybe the ironic thing there is uh, we didn't end up getting the recruit that you're talking about yeah. but I think we got yep. the right recruit when we got you <laughs> um, so we're really thankful that you ended up jumping on staff and again you've been a big impact of, of what we've got going on uh, mm-hmm. Colin and Ryan going back to you guys um, one of the great things about this managerial staff is you learn from the guys before you and our program has a saying, you've been handed a heritage, but you will leave a legacy. And that goes on the hardwood, but it also goes to what's happening off the court with you guys. Uh, Ryan, you came in and you were influenced by some upperclassmen managers. Mm-hmm. What was, what were, who were those guys and what was the kind of the, the legacy that they left for you? Yeah, uh, the man in charge when Colin and I got there was Matthew Martin and his right-hand man was Jordan Baker. They were great leaders. They showed us the ropes and made sure we knew everything we had to know. Yeah, uh, so Matthew, like like Ryan mentioned, Matthew Martin, um, he was the he was the director of ops uh, before I was a part of the program, and then kind of like halfway through the first year of Ryan and I's uh, freshman year. Um, but his nickname was uh, Motor Motor Matt, um, just because he did, he never stopped working. Uh, he was an accounting major um, and director of ops. So he had a lot on, on his plate. Um, and he never had, uh, he never had to get told what to do, uh, by the coaches. He just kind of did it. Um, and it allowed the coaches to focus on what they needed to focus on without having to worry about the little, little things. Um, just so learning from him as I was stepping into his role. Um, and then also the way he led us spiritually, uh, he would lead, prayers after game days and after some practices um and I know from my experience that can be hard um just after 
spending more time in the gym um, than most of the players after after a long day is over you just want to get out of there um and he always he always held us around and made sure we prayed together and just uh spent some time with the lord and you guys both kind of shifted into this leadership role especially at a young age from a from your sophomore year through through the end of your senior year Uh, and connor for you you came in and you've kind of watched and learned from colin and ryan over these last couple of years what's that been like Yes, I, I mean, I couldn't have come in to um, learn from a better group of two guys than I did. Um, just think back to all the memories that we had this year. I think the biggest thing that I took away from it is just, I think Colin mentioned this in uh, multiple times, but just calling people up and not out. And I think I learned so much from um, these two guys in that. And just, um, I think you were mentioning this when you were talking earlier and um, not trying to be liked, but trying to be respected. Uh, I think that's a huge thing, and I think that's um, the biggest thing that I learned from these two guys and just being a pro at what you do. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked for two guys that um, just led me better than these two guys have. So, And I think we, we talk about, or at least have in the past, this oasis of excellence, especially for you guys as managers, is taking whatever it is that you're given and just going out and thriving with that role and doing it to the best of your ability. Uh, and, and Colin, you're talking about just you know being proactive, and then we talk about attention to detail, communication, and then living I am third. And in a lot of ways, you guys live I am fourth, right? Like God first, others second, everybody else third, and then there's finally me. And as you guys have done that, I mean, you've just le- left a, a major impact on this program. And Colin, I think of what, what Connor just said. You're calling guys you know, up and, and challenge him to be better. And now Connor's gotten to rub shoulders with you. And as he takes over that reins, like he's going to have his own leadership style, but he's going to be taken from stuff he's learned from, from both of you guys. Shifting a little bit, just you guys have behind the scenes looks. Uh, you get to be a part of a lot of really awesome stuff. Uh, Colin, what's been a highlight for you since you've come into the program that you just look back and you say, man, this was a blast. Yeah. Um, like you said, we have – I mean, we have a thousand stories. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing that I'll remember the most um, is when we won the national championship um, in 2018. Um, just, I mean, winning obviously was fun. Uh, but the the week leading up to the the final game, um, just spending, spending time with the team in the hotel um, and just kind of that week is always – almost like a faith walk. Um, you just grow so much deeper and it's kind of, it's kind of unfortunate because it's at the very end of the year. Um, and it makes you just want, want more of that. Um, but winning, winning the national championship was awesome. And then just doing it with the guys that we had in the, the senior leadership through JJ and Ben Carlson was, uh, it was just incredible. And I, I think back to that 2018 run, Man, I don't think there's times where we laughed at the dumbest thing in the, in the hotel at like 1 a.m. And, I mean, you just make memories and, and have a blast. Like, I mean, this is when Widener was on staff and he's saying the goofiest stuff and we're just rolling and we're eating half-baked ice cream at, at 1 in the morning from Ben & Jerry's. Like, we're just having a blast doing all sorts of fun stuff. Connor, obviously you've been here a couple years. What fond memories do you have? Yeah, so obviously there's so many to even mention, but I think I have to go back to last year, my freshman year, and 
Um, Kyle Mangus's shot to send us to the lead eight, the lead eight in the national championships. Um, you know, I remember the shot and everything, but I think the thing that stuck out to me was just the locker room atmosphere afterwards. Uh, you, you know, you see most um, game inning celebrations and just people jumping around and. Um, and I think that was totally different in that locker room because I just remember everybody was just crying. I mean, we were just crying tears of joy. And I think it all stemmed from the love that we all had for each other and just the blessing that it was to have at least one more game together. And I think that that really proved that um, we have something special here. So, and, and as you look further down the line, I mean, you guys have all started – at one place and as you've progressed and moved and grown you're you're someone different today and that's both spiritually and as a man ryan can you just give us a little insight of of just the growth that you've experienced in your four years in the program yeah um it's amazing it's great to get involved with the program it's a big group of guys that are always looking to pour into others around them um especially just everyone at different steps in their faith with the coaches involved too it's just everyone is there to help each other out. And then the manager devos we have as a managerial staff throughout the season, there's just countless times where you can get into the word and grow spiritually with the men around you and just build that extra relationship with them. That's more than just coworkers or you're part of the same team. And as I think about you, Ryan, like you are a guy that just like you love being a part of the program and you love on the guys in the program really, really well, whether it be, uh, managers or players and to just watch you evolve and, and go from being someone I think that took a lot of ownership for yourself but you even grew in that to then take an ownership of of responsibility for other people I mean to watch that maturation process as I've been here is, has been a joy for me as a coach and, and Connor what about you uh, you've only had two years here but next year you're going to step up to a coordinator of basketball operations role uh, big responsibility and uh, it's going to be a, a, a much different year next year from, from these past couple of years. How have you seen yourself just preparing and being ready for that situation? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the transition from high school to college has just been really cool for me because in high school, I really didn't have guys around me that were hunger, hungry to grow in their relationship with God. And um, now in college, and especially as part of the basketball program, you know, there's there's 14 you know, including the managerial staff, more than that, of guys that are just hungry to grow in their relationship with God. And I think the biggest part of that is accountability to stay in the Word, um, to run from temptation. I think back to like all the Bible studies that I've had with um, guys on the team like Seth and Luke and Canaan, um, and then just talks on the bus after games about faith and just how God is moving in their life. So I think. Um, that's just been really cool for me to have guys around me that are pushing me to be the best that I can be. And Connor or Colin, for you, I mean, I know you've grown. And one of the things that was amazing for me is we do our father son retreat and you're on it this past year. And your dad talks about how you've pushed him in his growth and I, in his spiritual growth. And I think that's ultimately one of the greatest compliments, right? Is when a son is, is pushing the dad who's been pouring into them all these years but for you, what's what's that growth process looked like, either spiritually or as a man? Um, yeah, I think the main way I've grown spiritually uh, is just watching um, the coaching staff um, and then also just seeing how the players interact uh, with each other because 
I've been around a ton of basketball teams and there's just something different about um, the players that we have at Indiana Wesleyan. Um, they all want to win, but they um, they don't want to win and just move on. Uh, they want to be they want to be better people, and it's just awesome to see just young guys, young men, um, just hungry to grow together because um, they're all here for one, well, for a few things, but the main thing being just growing as a person. And then um, I know. Connor kind of mentioned this earlier, um, but through our managerial devos that we do, um, I know I was seen as one of the leaders for that. Um, but I think in that position, I learned more than I had, uh, any other time, uh, in my younger years at Indiana Wesleyan, um, and just being, being vulnerable and open with those younger guys, um, really helped me grow more than, than I think anything else. We've heard about vulnerability, uh, as you're saying, Colin, from from Canaan as well. And I know you guys were friends, but this past season, that was something you guys both intentionally wanted to lead in was was vulnerability. And I think back, we do postseason evaluations, uh, postseason meetings with our managers as well. And one of the things we ask is who's been influential. And uh, it's not just players; it's it's managers that are are on that list of hey, here's a guy that that poured into me. And uh, Colin, I even think back to the the meeting we had last year and. Connor was a freshman, but you said something along the lines of Connor's as close to someone who walks like Jesus just from how he, his attitude is to serve other people. And the reality is that's the heartbeat of, of this managerial staff and program. And uh, when you have, I mean, we've had upwards of seven managers on our staff. When you have a group of seven people that are trying to make the lives of coaches and make the lives of players and to make the lives of one another better, I mean, it sets the foundation for what this program is all about. Uh so we've obviously got to hear a lot from you guys today, but like we've talked about, you have stories behind the scenes that nobody else gets to, to share. Connor, for you, what's one of those stories that you just say, hey, give the listeners a little inside look? Yeah, so I, I really hope they're okay with me sharing this story, but um, I think it, I think back to freshman year, and it was the night before we were leaving for South Dakota, actually, and we were we were in the back of lucky and we were just packing up for nationals the next day. Um, we were next to the cabinets and I think one of these two asked me to grab a pack of Gatorade from one of the closets. (laughs) And the next thing I know the door is shut behind me. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I am, I'm in this cabinet. And you know, the, I think Colin, um, locked me in, um, from the video and then I think the the part about it that makes me mad the most is that, you know, I was pushing back against Colin, but then Colin called for Geiger to help him out. And so they honestly double teamed me in order to get me locked in that cabinet. So, I mean, and I just want to call out Billy. I know he's out there listening, but he was just as big of a part of that as um, these two were. And he was the one that was laughing and uh, I refused to stand up for what was right, so I just want to call him <laughs> off of that, too. Well, we know Connor's life will be a little bit uh, easier and more relaxed now that uh, a couple of you guys are, are graduating from the program. <laughs> but, but, Colin, you've got stories for days as well. Uh, yeah, I think – I know it sounds like Connor's at the, the end of every joke, but <laughs> um, he is a hard man to please because uh, I know in – 
2019, um, after our, our final game that season, uh, everyone was mad because we lost. And um, Coach Tonegal looks at us and says, all right, we're leaving at 4 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> and if you don't know, we have about 10 hours worth of packing to do. And we're leaving in about four hours. Yeah, uh, you guys bring like the town of Marion essentially with you from yeah. out of you to, to Sioux Falls. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite the process. But I know Connor Connor loves to help uh, and he loves to be a part of things. But Connor also loves his sleep, <laughs> um, and it's kind of an on, ongoing joke. Um, Connor just needed more sleep than all of us. Uh, and I know that last night when. When we were packing up, um, Connor said he was just going to take a quick nap. So he rolled over on his, I don't know, he was probably on the floor because that's where we sleep in hotels. And next thing he knew, he woke up about four hours later and we had the bus completely packed up. Um, and it was, I mean, the room was, all the lights were on. We weren't trying to be quiet at all. And then after everything, he was mad that we didn't wake him up to help. So I know everyone's hearing us say we always mess with Connor, but even when we try to help him out, he's mad. So, <laughs> And guys, one of the things about your role is, is there's times where you have to be the first to the floor. You've got to be the first to see something uh, or you're expected to know the answer before the question's been asked. Uh, you guys are on edge at times. What are some of those times where, where you've been most on edge? Uh, yeah, um, just in our position, the coaches want a lot of things that's not voiced, but we're still, like you said, expected to kind of know what it is. And something I remember just being in charge of food is for post-game meals on road games, typically we'd get pizza, but if it's not the right <laughs> brand or type of, <laughs> type of pizza, it could bring up some issues with some unnamed coaches. Um, so just kind of like making sure you get the right pizza for the right people oh <laughs> uh, yeah i'd say i would say when you're sitting when you're sitting at the scores table or anywhere um during practice and you see one of the coaches look at you from 80 feet away <laughs> and they start walking towards you and you just start thinking of all the different scenarios of questions that they're about to ask you and you just sink a little bit uh in your seat or in your shoes if you're standing um and maybe sometimes you start walking the other way. Um, it all depends. Um, and I think another thing, we're going back to Connor here. Uh, Connor, Connor is on, on sweat duty a lot this past year. And uh, if you're a manager for IWU, you always have to have a towel and a basketball in your hand just in case. Um, and I know... Tim, if Tim would fall down, it would be like you're trying to mop up a river with a, with a bath towel. But... Every time someone went down, Connor, Connor would chuck the basketball behind <laughs> yes, him, and then sprint over to get the to get the sweat, and then he'd have to walk forty five feet back to get the basketball. And at this point, all the athletic trainers are laughing, and and then Connor realizes what the, what he just did, and then he realizes it was it didn't it, it wasn't necessary, and then someone falls down. 10 seconds later and he does the exact same thing. Yeah, and then adding off of what Kyle Owen said with the coach looking at you at the scores table walking towards you, not only do you think of any question that might be asked, you think of, okay, what all have I done wrong in the past four years <laughs> that they might have just thought about? <laughs> Con, what about a, a game scenario you were talking about a little bit earlier? 
Yeah. Uh, I think I don't know if you've watched uh, any college basketball last year. You saw you saw Zion Williamson rip through his shoe, um, and we actually had our own kind of miniature Zion, but not really a mini Zion um, through through Tim Adi Chikasi, uh during a game. He actually ripped through one of his shoes just like Zion did, and before before anyone could even see it. I, I saw it and I sprinted to the locker room and when I got to the locker room Geiger was already sprinting back. I have no idea how it was like when that when his shoe ripped, something in Geiger's shoe ripped and he realized something was gonna happen. And I know as I was sprinting behind the bench, Coach T was just staring at me. Uh and I felt like if I ran as fast as Usain Bolt I couldn't get back fast enough <laughs> and then little did I know Geiger was already on his way back um so that might that might actually be one of the highlights um in our in our managerial career because you can probably see that on film I've never gone back and looked but it'd be interesting to to look for you guys also are a part or have been a part at times of our junkyard workouts. And not only do we say that coaches are a part of that, and this is not mandatory. You guys don't have to do that. But some of you guys have stories or times where you've been a part of a junkyard workout or a morning conditioning. Why in the world would you do that? And then what regrets or satisfactions did you have from choosing to do something like that? Uh, I actually, I've never, I had never done one. Um, the closest I got to a junkyard was filming one. Uh, I consider myself smart enough to not <laughs> partake in that. Uh, I think I think Connor did once or maybe twice. I can't yeah, remember, but I, I did one last summer. Yeah, I always remember seeing him not be able to walk the next day, and it was just <laughs> it was just a good indicator that I probably should stay away. <laughs> yeah, I remember that week just leading up to that last June, and I w- I was petrified of that 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 day like i was i was going berserk and i remember waking up that morning with the butterflies in my my stomach the whole morning and then um first the first workout we did was a plate workout and i had never done one before and like i was done as soon as as soon as the plate work was over like that was all that's all i had in the tank and i think the the now looking back on it the funniest part about that was I think it was the second station we had. We had to run the bleachers, and my partner was um, Big Mike, and we had to climb up the brick wall um, on the visiting <laughs> side of the football stadium. And I could not make it up the brick wall to save my life. And so Mike dragged me up that brick wall, and no lie, I, I was bleeding on both of my arms for the rest of the day. <laughs> So that was that was that, my, is, uh, that is quite the junkyard. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was brutal. But guys, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Managers have a, a long standing tradition in our program. And once they graduate, they don't just go away. And sometimes you guys almost get uh, immortalized, if you will. We will name our out of bounds plays after you guys. So so, Con, I'm going to make you go first. If you had an out of bounds play, we call it Barker. What sort of out of bounds play is this going to be? Is it going to be a, a lob, a three point shot? Like, what's what's your go to look for your blob? Oh, geez, um, probably. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of an old school guy when it comes to 
when it comes to sets and offenses. Uh, I would, I'd probably say something along the lines of a screen, the screener, um, not just the typical like block to elbow, but something along those lines, maybe mix in um, a shot in the corner. I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, and who's tough getting question. that shot? Out of out of who? The the team we've got coming back next year. Oh geez. Um, I I mean you can't go wrong with with mango. No, you can't. Um, just because it's probably going to go in. <laughs> and, and Ryan, for you, you maybe are a little bit more of a highlight reel guy. You've got great mm-hmm. friends on the program. Who's your shot going to, or what type of shot do you want? I'd have to go with it's got to be some sort of trick play. Okay. Um, I, I love my man Kyle. Lived with him last year. Um, everyone have their eyes on him. So I'm thinking maybe something that looks like it's got to be going to Kyle, but next thing you know, it's heading to Spencer Piercefield on the wing, and he's letting it go. He's letting it go. That That's Geiger. <laughs> Spencer Piercefield for a three. You guys know that play call is going to be Geiger in the future. Well, fellas, as we wrap this up here, uh, I mean, I just want to say – I'm so proud of, of the guys that you guys are and, and the, the way you've come in and not just impacted one another, not just the team, but, but my life as well along the way. And, Connor, I'm obviously uh, you got an unbelievable servant's heart and you've made a big impact since d- day one. And I'm excited for the next couple of years we've got together here. Um, but, Colin and Ryan, I'm super proud of you guys. I mean, uh, how you guys have grown and matured and led and uh, in a lot of ways left this place and this program and, and this managerial staff better than you found it. Uh, you're to be absolutely commended for that. And I think one of the things as a coach you're, you're just looking for is guys that are going to go out and um, how they're going to be husbands and fathers and uh, make a, an impact in the workplace. And you guys are, are both uh, engaged and, and looking to make that next step in your life. And um, as a coach, you just look at you guys and uh, just the work you've put in and you're ready for, for what life has to throw at you. Um, you've got a servant's heart and you want to do what the Lord's asking you to do. And uh, I'm really excited to see what the Lord does in your lives and honestly just publicly want to thank you guys for, for all the impact that you've had, uh, again, not just on the program, but on my life as well. So guys, thanks for taking the time to, to jump in and be a part of this podcast. Uh, I, I hope the listeners really get the chance to enjoy hearing from you guys. Yeah, thanks, no Coach. It was an honor to be a thanks, part Coach. of this. On the next episode, you'll hear about some late-game heroics from this past season. In the first half, you'll hear from three-time All-American and 2020 Bevo Francis Award winner Kyle Mangus about not one, not two, but all three of his game-winning shots from last season, and his approach to having the ball in his hands in big moments. In the second half, several players will share about what it's like playing with Kyle and the trust they have in him when it comes to taking the last shot. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.